Hey there, folks. Special announcement for you today before we get started. The Smart Kid Zero podcast is happy to bring you today's show, courtesy of the Triangle Skateboard Alliance. Their goal is to build and improve skate parks in and around Virginia's historic triangle and to create a culture of service within the skateboard community. It's not just about skate parks, though. They also hold firm to the belief that community service is equal to their mission of building and improving those skate parks, so their events always benefit the community in which they are hosting. This can range from anything from park cleanups, food drives, school supply collections, and more. They're even working within both counties to start local skate camps for new skaters and provide equipment when able to skaters who can't afford them. They have adopted two existing skate parks, one in Williamsburg and one in Gloucester, Virginia, and they're planning they're in the planning stages of expansions for both parks and hope within the next five years to see a brand new park in the area. They're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means if you donate, your donations are tax deductible. Those donations can be made at paypal.me slash tsaproject. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram under Triangle Skateboard Alliance, and their website is triangleskateboardalliance.org. Thank you to the good folks at Triangle Skateboard Alliance for everything you're doing to give kids a safe and healthy environment together. And thank you for partnering with me to present today's episode of the Smart Get a Zero podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Smart Get a Zero podcast presented by Steel Post Media. I'm your host, Alex Fanabecker, and I am joined this week by my co host, Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? Not bad, Alex. Good deal. Let's get the show going. We have Dojo Pro Wrestling episode 4 of 12, which will feature white belt champion Wheeler, Utah, or as the announcer for Dojo Pro likes to say, Wheeler, Utah, (laughs) defending against Corey Hollis. Now, before we get too deep into it, of course, a special thanks to our good friends Oz Marley at Steel Post Media, Dallas Barnes at Dallas Barnes 420, Noah Carroll at Noah 7 BC, and of course, to my three rotating co-hosts, Jeff, Jason, and Noah. So, Jeff, you've sat through every episode so far. You've recorded with me on three episodes now of Dojo Pro, including this one. Yep, that's right. Uh, before we get into the match, how are you feeling <laughs> after after four episodes of this? Uh, better. Better than the beginning. Um Coming off of last week's, which was actually pretty good, um, I I had a good feeling going in into this one. Sure. So I I don't think it's you know a total train wreck of a thing now. Like that's kind of the impression I got off of the the first two episodes. Sure. So the second two episodes have been better. I don't hate it anymore. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the, the first the first couple episodes certainly left something to be desired. So we have, uh, like I said, Wheeler Utah will be back this week. He's defending against Corey Hollis. Now, in the description, it said Corey Hollis had wrestled in every major wrestling promotion in the United States. And uh, I said, who's Corey Hollis? Yeah. Because right? I had never heard of him before. And even after the, the segment that they gave kind of explaining who he is and he was talking about himself... I still really don't quite know who he is. Well, well, that's the thing. And I, I went to do, because I didn't recognize him either. And it's because he looks nothing, in here, he looks nothing like he did when he wrestled for these other com- uh, companies. But he wrestled uh, in NXT. 
with uh, uh, the same guy, I forget his name, that he wrestled with on the indie circuit as a tag team. You know, they got beat by the Revival. They got, you know, they, they got beat by uh, uh, Primo and Epico. Uh, oh, I remember yeah. them. Uh, and that was I on, I think that was on Raw. Way back when? Yep. And uh, so he, he wrestled for, for major wrestling companies. Didn't really have more than a cup of coffee. You know, he, he had a handful of matches on NXT, a handful of matches on Raw. He was one of the guys that got squashed by Braun Strowman uh, early on when, you know, when Braun was making uh, uh, James Ellsworth inadvertently making him into a uh, major star. But I didn't really recognize him. I thought his interview, the the pre-match promo, I thought was a pile of dog shit. It was pretty poor. Um, he came off almost incoherent you could tell he was like upset and bitter about mm-hmm. uh not being a bigger star that yeah. kind of thing and he also looked like somebody who's probably a drug addict at least the way that he was dressed and he was like really pale and not shaven and greasy hair and yeah i mean that's probably part of his character i'm sure the guy's not really a drug addict but you just look at him he's like that's a crackhead yeah you know it was like uh well we talked about uh, Gunnar Miller, you know, gimmick infringement here and there, you know, Goldberg, The Rock, Warrior, you know, all these other places. It seemed like Corey Hollis was currently this amalgamation of Raven and Brian Pillman. And, uh... Kind of, except both of them did it better. <laughs> they, well, they, they did. They did. And because at least their promos, a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time made sense. I, I liked most of Raven's promos that he did back in the day. I mean, I thought he had a good character. Yeah, but with Corey Hollis, you know, he, he's when he's when he's talking, it's it was kind of like he was shotgunning shit against the wall to see what would stick. Uh, at one point, he's talking about which makes sense. You can't be a nice guy. They tell you to be a nice guy and work hard, and that didn't work. And I get that. That's easy to understand. But then he said, you know, I was trained by AJ Styles. The last his last match on the Indies was against me because they couldn't they wouldn't allow it to be against anybody else because they promised me. It's like what? Yeah, I didn't really understand <laughs> what he was even saying there. So, I heard his words, but I didn't process them. <laughs> I, I just I felt like he wanted the name drop AJ Styles because that was his trainer, and uh, you know tie him to something somebody a, a bit more. Kind of like the Ultimate Warrior thing with yeah Gunnar with, Miller with Gunner. The same thing. Uh, Except I don't think AJ Styles called him at his college whatever. No. No. It said, Gunnar Miller. <laughs> oh, you do assume the controls, Gunnar Miller. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that happened this time. So, the match, I mean, yeah, the pre-match promo I thought was dog shit. I didn't know what, and it was funny because uh, Wheeler Utah even mentioned that I don't really know who he, who uh, Corey Hollis is. <laughs> Which was funny. Neither that, does anyone else. Neither did the crowd. No, yeah, they carried through the yeah. match. Where, you know, it was, uh, what, Corey who? Yeah, and... it's like that was his gimmick, because nobody knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they said he'd been around wrestling for nine years as a pro. So, that's weird, because it's... An, well, I guess I haven't followed wrestling in a long time. Maybe I would have known who he was from before. But if you didn't know who he was... Well, that's it. I didn't know who he was, for sure. Well, so. and, 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 you know, he said how many years ago he wrestled for Ring of Honor already. Well... Not really easy to get Ring of Honor up here in the Northwoods, yeah. you know. But 
the match starts there you know before the match starts they come out to the ring you know of course Utah is wearing the the reptile Mortal Kombat mask yep and he came out first he did and then Corey Hollis comes out and tears down his big banner with his picture on it yep because he's a little baby that's right he's a bad guy he's Viper this is American Gladiators Viper needs a diaper that's right and he's being Viper and uh, <laughs> so the match itself I, I get what he was trying to do but Corey Hollis starts the match by diving out of the ring and running he goes right to the back to the backstage area mm-hmm. and they start to do a 10 count on him so then he comes back at 9 or whatever mm-hmm. hops in the ring for like 1 second jumps back out and does the same thing. And then he does it again. Yep. Only this time he stays at ringside. Yeah. And then... But it's like, we're wasting so much time here. Well, that's it. It was it was like four or five instances at the beginning of the match where... And it was because the crowd was getting on him. Yeah. So he you just know. left. So he just left. And then he come back. And he leave. And he come back. Leave. And, and, and I get it one or you know one or two times. I get it. You know. Right. And by the time it hit the fourth time... It was way too much. Yeah. And he was standing behind somebody in the crowd who was taller than him. Yeah. It was like... It was, I was starting to get pissed off. Yeah, I, I didn't want to watch the rest I'm of the I'm like, episode. I want to see the match. And I remember saying to you, I'm getting annoyed. The rest of the match better be better than this. Otherwise, I, yeah. will, I will be upset. Well, well that's it. Because these are, these are you know, about 20-minute episodes. You know, yeah, so we don't, 20, need, 25 we don't need five minutes of the wrestling match actually just being the guy running away right. to the backstage. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, it was, it was a little bit... Silly. Well, and, and it, I even I wrote in my notes that it felt like he was phoning it in a little bit, and uh, you know, like he knew he wasn't going to be around uh, past this match, and so what was the point of really busting it? And that that's just me speculating. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. Well, once they uh, you ruined the whole episode. I did. It's it's fucked now. We're done. <laughs> Pack it up, boys. It's see you next time. But. Um, when they actually started wrestling, it got way better. Yeah. After that, I mean, it wasn't the perfect match, uh, but I wasn't uh, <laughs> upset anymore about nothing happening. No, and, and, and Hollis actually showed some, uh, actually some what I would call some real talent. Like when he was in control, he was laser focused on the arm, and not in the traditional "I'm going to use an arm drag for five minutes" sort of way, or an arm a full arm dragon twist. Arm bar. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't Chris Jericho's list, you know, or, but but different ways, you know. Right, you, because it it stemmed from the injury or whatever that uh, Utah had when he was on the top rope. Uh, he what was he going to give him? Uh, like a superplex or mm-hmm. something like that yep. off the top rope, and it was reversed, and he did he fall down off the top rope and hit his arm? On the ropes, or it was something like that 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 caused him to have the initial like my arms hurt injury. Yeah, Hollis grabbed his arm and dropped, so he kind of he kind of uh, he hung his arm out to dry over the oh, top yeah, rope, okay. and he went down to the floor, and uh, uh, Utah fell back into the ring. So that that was the mm-hmm. beginning of the arm injury, and then from there, everything he did was on that, and it was actually on the right arm, like the correct yep, arm that, every time. Yeah. So it wasn't like you know he kicks him in the knee and then he throws on a figure four to the wrong knee. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was the right. It was the correct arm yep. throughout the entire offense. Um, I really liked how he looped his hand into the into the actual turnbuckle, into the pad. Yeah, I had never seen anything like that before. But I think the turnbuckles that they had when I looked at them, they're designed differently than ones you'd see in the WWF or whatever. Yeah. Because there's there was like a hollow space 
in between them, or you can see where that space would be. Yeah. If you look at a you know your blue turnbuckle pad type thing on a WWF, WWE, whatever you want mm. to call it, ring, pretty sure they're not they're not designed that way. No, they were like they were like. Um, There's no gap. No, where you it, could put they wrap around through. the turnbuckle itself and tie. Where mm. this looked like it was a pillow. Not, well, like not a bent, pillow, but like a phone over. pad felt folded over and tied behind. Yeah. So you could get your arm in there. And uh, I thought that was great. He locked on uh, really, a really neat variation on what was honestly just a hammer lock. Mm-hmm. And I thought he, I actually thought he might get the tap out win there. Um, but, you know, is it when Hollis was actually wrestling? He was really good. It was all right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Utah, I thought, still looked really good. You know, last week, and and you kind of, yeah. I kind of have to wonder if, you know, the first two weeks, Kevin Koo was the the uh, common denominator, and those matches weren't so great. And then weeks three and four, it's been Wheeler Utah, or Utah. Yeah, kind and of him taking control a little bit, and uh, yeah, he's pretty impressive actually. I'm, yeah, he he picked up the win here, so he defended his belt. The first, the defense. first time. Um, so I, I'm glad that he got the win. I enjoyed watching him wrestle uh, two matches in a row here. Well, yeah, and it seems like he, he attacks everything. You know, it's not it's not run into the corner and turn to hit it. It's he slams into the corner when he's sent into the corner, mm-hmm. or when you know when he takes a shot and he falls to the mat. He's not just kind of falling to the mat. He's slamming into the mat, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. And so it was this was kind of like a diesel engine. Or, you know, it may not be the easiest to start all the time, but once it gets going, yeah, that's really that's kind well. of what I was hoping for because I was really getting a negative impression at the beginning when it was running in and out of the ring and just to break the count and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it got way better. So yeah, uh, and and this is something we've talked about on the mid south shows too, is uh, you know when you, when you see a match and it makes you want to see more of somebody who was in the match, that's a win. Yes. You know, even if the rest of the show wasn't great, you know, or, you know, if that was the only standout match on the card for the Mid-South shows, if it makes you want to see more of that person, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And here, now I actually want to go back through NXT TV and find Corey Hollis in his tag team matches against The Revival or against Cass and Enzo. Um, I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> well, The Revival... So you go ahead and do that. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah Jeff, you would, you would love it. We're, we're in danger of breaking off into a tangent here because I love The Revival. You would love uh, the revival. What are they reviving exactly? Wrestling. It, oh it's, well, it's, that yeah. It, so it, it was it, dead. That's why I wasn't watching it. Anymore. Well, it, it's it's the reviving <laughs> tag team wrestling essentially is what it is. It's uh, you know, Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson. Oh they yeah. Are, um, I don't know who they are. Uh, they're they're uh, like Jim Cornette loves them. I know who he is. Absolutely loves them. You know who you definitely know Jim Cornette. Um, Double cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> But there are, like, the most common comparison that you hear the revival to is Tully and Arn. Oh, okay. That's like, a lot to be compared to. And and I think they do it justice. Like, they, they are so good. In NXT, they were incredible. On the main roster, I think the start was really poorly done. But, you know, one of them broke his jaw, and then the other one broke something else. So they were both out at different times for a while. And they just mm-hmm. recently come back from injuries. They've been revived. They have, and and they had really they had a really good match against the B team for the t- tag team championships. Um, the B team is uh, like the Job Squad. 
Well, kind of, but it, it's Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. So it's Mr. Perfect Kid, Mr. Perfect's Kid, and IRS's Kid. Oh, okay. And, uh... Interesting. You know, so it, it's really, you know, they're, they're extremely talented. The matches are amazing. You know, one of the taglines they use is, you know, no flips, just fists. You know, it's it's not... Nothing looks really choreographed. They wrestle. And it's... it's, it's uh, Cool. I don't want to call them. I don't want to call them a throwback because I think what they do still works. Uh, but you'd love the revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Hollis, and tying it back to the actual episode, we're talking about Corey Hollis and his tag team partner on the indie scene. And again, I, I can't remember his name for the life of me, and I just read it a half hour ago. They took on the revival, or they took on Big Cass and Enzo Amore at one point when they when both of those guys had last names and worked for the WWE. Uh, he wrestled Elias in a one-on-one match, and I don't think I don't know if you're familiar with Elias at all. Uh, the guy from Clerks too? No, no. Although that would be outstanding. Oh. That, yeah. Other <laughs> than that, no. Transformers. I'm, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> we're made by man. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only Elias that I'm aware of. So, but you know, he's been in the ring with what I would say are pretty big names, but I didn't know who the hell he was. Well. Mm. If he wrestles anything like he did here, minus the continued walkouts, I'd like to see more of him. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. Um, I, I'm kind of looking forward to the next match also to see uh, Wheeler Utah Absolutely. wrestle again for his third match. Yeah, and, and that, it looks like, I mean, it's going to be... Okay, so Wheeler beat Corey Hollis. So he's got Joey Janela in the next episode. Right, yeah, he'll be defending mm-hmm. the white belt against Joey Janela. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, Joey's kind of like you know he's the bad boy, right? He's he's crazy. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. He, do, he does he does just absolutely crazy shit. Of course, we saw that at All In, and, and if you watch him regularly, you see it everywhere he goes. What the hell is he going to be able to do in this small little venue? I'll bring mascots out with him or something. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be Joey I'm Ryan's sure. going to come out at the end of the match with a bunch of penises. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I hope maybe the audience will be smaller so there's more, more room for him to fly around and put somebody through a table or go through a table himself. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, no. I don't think they're going to rearrange anything for specific wrestlers to do specific spots no. with weapons and things like that. Well, I guess you never know. We'll find out when we watch it. Well, that's it. So, all in all, this is, it was a good match. Um, I like last week's better. Me too, um, definitely. Mostly because this one started so slow. Yeah. Um, but it picked up, and it, you know, it was a pretty entertaining one to watch. Um, I'm not too uh, down on Dojo Pro anymore after this, those first two sure. episodes that were pretty poor. So. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I was really concerned. I think I, I mentioned on our last Dojo Pro-oriented episode, after uh, episodes one and two, I was seriously considering maybe just sidelining Dojo Pro and letting it fade off but uh, it's it's coming around. Yeah, so, I think so too. I'll be looking to see the next one. Of course, like we said, that will be Wheeler Utah defending against or Utah! Wheeler Utah! Defending against uh, Joey Janela and uh, after that, for episode 26 well actually, that'll, that'll be after episode 26 episode 26 will be a return to Mid-South Wrestling and we're going to see an interview with Ted DiBiase. This is the July 3rd show. Uh, we'll see Mike Sharp and Jesse Barr 
taking on Jeff Sword and Doug Vines. Uh, we'll see Ted DiBiase take on Tom Jones. Junkyard Dog take on Bob Roop. Mr. Olympia returned against the Grappler. Killer Khan against Ernie Ladd. Buck Robley against Rick Harris. And Jim Duggan versus Frank Monty from San Antonio. So another actually pretty big card from Mid-South for our next episode. And then we will come back to Dojo Pro for episode 5 of Dojo Pro Wrestling. So before we wrap up here, don't forget to follow our friends at Steel Post Media, at Dallas Barnes 420, at Noah7BC. And thank you to everybody who has joined me on Twitter. Let's keep the growth going there. Don't be shy. I love to talk, so stop by and say hi. And that does it for another episode of the Smart to Zero podcast. A special thanks to my co-host today, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again, Alex. Absolutely. And please remember to support your local wrestling and combat sports promotions and your internet wrestling community. Please remember to have your pets spayed and neutered. And we'll see you next time right here on the Spark of Zero podcast. <laughs>